Serena Williams said, a champion is not defined by their wins, but how they recover when they fall. The Word of God tells us in Romans 3.23 that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In this episode, Josh and I are going to get real and raw with some falls that we have had. But in true Jesus fashion, whether we were aware in the moment or not, he was right there, guiding, directing, and helping us to turn our defeated days into a championship season. Recording this podcast from a very special location. Yeah, we are. We're in Nashville, Indiana. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> no, but seriously, it's been great. We've gotten away for a couple days, just spending time together, dreaming, talking, relaxing, just all the things. It's been really, really great. Thanks for playing this trip, babe. You're welcome, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we went on some trail hikes yesterday, and then we went horseback riding. Dude, that was a blast. Yes, and today is the day where we go back to reality. Yeah. Our eight-month-old is just, he's eight months old. That's right. And he's hes in need of his mom and dad. Mostly mom. Probably. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, but today, uh, before we hit the road, we wanted to talk... Um, a little bit about some falls that we've had, Josh and I, um, actually before we ever even got together. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. All right. So let's go back to circa day 2005, 2006. Um, I was a freshman in high school up until that point. I had been pretty much the star student. I got good grades. I did all the things right. I never got in trouble. Uh, but this would be the year that I think we've all experienced in our adolescence at one time or another, where I decided to take the road less traveled in my journey and uh, just explore some of the other side of things. <clears throat> Um, so along with being, you know, a freshman and confused about who I was and who I wanted to be and, um, all those things, I obviously had a rough home life, but that doesn't, that doesn't, um, give excuse for the actions that I had my freshman year of high school. But I, um, I decided to start hanging out with some people that, you know, just weren't the best influence on me. They were, they were fun. They were funny. They accepted me, um, and they did not judge the fact that I was poor or had family issues. But they were not good influences. Let's just put it that way. So I would oftentimes. Um, spend the weekends with these friends and I even got to a point where I was staying pretty regularly at one of my friend's houses and um, I don't know how this never happened. She was very much into um, smoking weed. I 
never fell into that. I don't know how I never fell into that because I was surrounded by it pretty consistently in that time, but I never, I never did it. I think I was just terrified that I would get caught. The first time I did it, I would get caught. So I just never did that. But um, I did hang out with them and spent a lot of time with them, spent my weekends with them. And um, I started to hang out with her brother who I, he was a senior. So that made me feel cool because he had a thing for me. And so I just would hang out with him because he, he thought I was cool. So, um, it, it was, it was just a slippery, slippery slope. And I would say, um, just started hanging out with him. And then I decided one day I was going to skip school to hang out with this kid. And it was, it was a bad choice. It was a bad choice. We did nothing bad. We just went to the park and played at the park. But why did I do that? I just, the only excuse I have is that my frontal lobes were not connected at that point in time. So that was the first like big bad decision I made. Um, But it soon turned into, man, this kid was, he was not a good influence. Um, He was a very sweet kid, but he had a problem with stealing. He, he was, um pretty well known in the theft ring he would break into houses and steal things he stole I later found out he stole cars all the time and the reason why I found out that he stole cars all the time is because he picked me up one time in this really nice car and I was like oh wow he said he had a job and he like got this car and stupid me I believed him so we were driving around town and um it was late at night just driving around and we we pass a police officer and he gets real nervous and I was like what is going on I didn't really think much of it but he's like just he was very fidgety very nervous and nothing came of that but a few weeks later he was driving me from school to my house I lived in an apartment complex on the other side of town and so he was driving me to my house and um he went to stop at a stoplight and his car did not stop his brakes went out and so we rolled into the into the intersection and hit another car and that was like terrifying in and of itself we weren't injured at all but the hood of the car came up onto the windshield and I thought for sure you know I'm I'm 15 years old I'm thinking he's gonna stop like we're it's gonna be okay but he did not stop he took off he rolled down his window. He's like driving like crazy madman with his head out the window um, because he couldn't see the hood of the car was up on the windshield. And um, I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Listen, I was hanging out with all the wrong people, but deep down inside, I was still like a goody two shoes. And so I was freaking out. We pulled into this apartment complex and he's like, get out of the car and run. And I was like, what? What do we? What do you mean get out of the car and run? So what did I do? I got out of the car and ran. But um, yeah, so we ended up at a, a grocery store and we called a taxi to take us back to my parents' house. And here I am like, I don't know what to do. I, I was just in a hit and run and I ran. And so... <laughs> Here we are in a taxi going back to my parents' house. And we get there and I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. But I got to play it cool because nobody can know that I just like ran from the cops. Like that just happened. And so um, 
anyways, we, I was, I, I must, my face must have been very telling because my mom was like, what is going on? And I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. And my friend had, he was still at the house. But anyways, what happened is shortly after that, um, two police officers showed up at my house because in all of the craziness, I had left my purse and my wallet in the car so they knew who i was and i i didn't have a driver's license but i had a permit so they have my address busted (laughs) so as soon as those two officers come they separate both of us they go to talk to him and of course he has a rap sheet that i'm unaware of um but but i just broke in that moment and they were like do you have something to tell us and i was like yes i have so much to tell you and i told him (laughs) the whole story and um they told me that he he was not a good kid, and they began to lay out all the things that he had been doing, and I was <laughs> I was shocked, I was shocked, and so, um, you know, he, God love him, he just needed Jesus, and so did I in that moment. But, um, you know, that was a season of my life where I continued to make compromising choices. You know, I didn't know the whole scope of what was going on I didn't understand how bad the situation really was but what I did know is I was making choices that were compromising yeah who I was uh-huh. and my character yeah. and um, I think that that moment for me was just a huge red flag like actually you got to get it together you know and at that time in my life I was not serving the Lord um, I, I didn't really have a grasp of his grace. But looking back on that season, man, there's so many ways that God's grace covered me and protected me. I could have had a rap sheet as a juvenile, you know, but thankfully nothing came of that. And, um, and, and I never was found, you know, I was never in the wrong place at the wrong time with when the police showed up or anything like that. But I was very often putting myself in the wrong place. Um, and so God's grace really covered me and protected me from all of that. But man, like I just had compromised to a point where I, I was looking at myself in that moment after the police officers had left. And I was like, man, I, I've really fallen from the girl that everybody knows and loves and my parents think that I am. I had really fallen to a deep pit and it was just a huge reality check for me that, you know, it's, it can sometimes be way worse than you even think, you know? Yeah. 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 What do they say? Uh, sin will, uh, take you farther than what you ever wanted to go. Yeah. And it'll make you pay more than you ever wanted to. Yeah, that's right. It costs way more than you ever want to pay and it'll take you farther than you ever wanted to go. Yeah, that's good. That was my that was my reality in that moment. Yeah. So how was it? How did you respond to all of those things? You had that reality check, and then what were like? What was the next thing that you did? Well, <clears throat> I think I um, my parent, my mom, uh-huh. um, my mom and my stepdad very quickly helped me put some boundaries in place um, because they realized, you know, my mom didn't have a clean past either. So I think she was seeing some of those red flags in that moment, obviously. And so 
one of the things that she did that I'm very grateful for now, but I was very frustrated in, in that moment was that, you know, I wasn't allowed to hang out with this kid anymore. You know, Mm. um, I had, I lived in a different school district, but because of the friends I had made at, at my school, um, before we moved, they allowed me to continue to go to that school. And my friend would just bring me to and from school every day. Well, since I wasn't hanging out with him anymore, I wasn't allowed to, I ended up having to transfer schools, which was probably a good thing because it allowed me to reevaluate and, and get plugged in with better people. But in that moment, it was like a punch to the gut because yeah, as, yeah, as a freshman and, and not having friends, many friends to begin with, I was just trying to figure out, man, I have to start all over with this process. But but so I'm really grateful for my mom in that season because she did help me, even though it was super frustrating. And, mm. um, you know, in those moments, like I said, I wasn't following the Lord. So it wasn't like I really had a moment where I was like, oh, God, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until a few years later where I was like, man, Lord, you really, you really did it. You really came through for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually in the moments that... Uh... Like in the in the moment, we don't really quite understand, but it's not until later on uh, we kind of have a better grasp of why things happened and what they happened for. Yeah, you know, so that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I was. Uh, I think my my struggle really came with uh, being affirmed in relationships. Um, uh, going into college, I was essentially going into college about the same time Ashley was starting high school. Is that man, weird? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, age is just a number. You're old. I am so old. <laughs> um, and we were. I was. I had. I was in a relationship. Um, thought it was serious and. Decided my freshman summer between, well, actually between my freshman and sophomore year of, of college that I was going to propose to this girl that I was dating. We had oh. been dating since June, uh, since junior year of high school. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's, let's do this. Um, and really, you know, in all honesty, it wasn't really an attempt. It wasn't the best decision. It was just my, uh, my desperate desperation to lock it down you know and uh um you know it it wasn't a healthy relationship I wasn't healthy for her and uh you know I I was very like dependent and pretty much all of my value my self-worth I placed in that relationship and that's that's not a healthy thing to do Mm. Um, and so I proposed, obviously she said yes and, um, transferred, she was going to a different college her freshman year, uh, and she transferred to the school that I was going to. And so we then, uh, were at school together, saw each other all the time. We saw each other all the time when we were dating, uh, minus that freshman year of college, but we saw each other every day. Um, I would walk her to class and, you know, she would walk with me to classes and, you know, um, it was just, uh, we were engaged 
but we also weren't planning to get married until after school when we were in our sophomore year. So there was quite a distance that we were going to be engaged for. So as we, um, because remember, like that's, that was, I was just wanting to lock down the relationship. It wasn't so much that uh, I like was in a hurry to get married. Like I just thought like just proposed just proposed and like it'll lock things down and so I wanted that value and that worth uh, from that so um, increasingly things became more unhealthy we became more physical um, and it was it was a I don't know like it it was just something that from anybody on the outside looking in uh, and seeing our interactions like we became way more uh, emotion like we'd have real high emotional moments and then really low emotional moments, and it just uh, from anybody looking from the outside looking in, uh, you could very much tell that this was an unhealthy relationship, mm-hmm. and the ways that we were treating each other weren't were not the way that a uh, an engaged couple who were about to spend the rest of their life with each other should be treating each other. Sure. Um, so do you think that that emotional roller coaster that you guys were on was fueled by the physical? Oh, of course. Like, of course. I mean, you, uh, I mean, in, um, Song of Solomon, um, you know, it says, uh, it's the, it's the viewpoint from the woman talking to, uh, the maids, like the ones that are unmarried yet, and she says, like, don't awaken love before it's time, mm-hmm. and um, you know that that word love is is like, it's not like the the brotherly love. It's not the, you know, that's straight up eros love. You yeah. know, and so that's the physical. That's the physical love, and because there's so much, so many other things that come along with it. So, but we were, I mean, we we never. Um, you know, we never had sex. I mean, we'll just say it the way that it is. Um, but man, we we pushed that line, yeah. and uh, we were definitely awakening that love. And so it was definitely driving the emotional roller coaster up and down for sure. Um, but I think both of us knew we had both of us had moments where we knew that this was not something that needed to continue yeah and uh i would say we got all the way to our senior year and um with all of those things weighing on both of us myself uh, i chose i chose to do some things that were uh detrimental and probably honestly um what i would be able to identify later as like um self-destructive like I was self-sabotaging the relationship um and it was because I knew I knew that this is not what I wanted yeah and um I didn't want this emotional roller coaster I didn't you know I I needed um I needed to be more stable in myself uh, and I knew I wasn't ready for that kind of a commitment Mm. um so uh, I did some things that were self-destructive. Um, started talking to uh, an, another girl, like, and uh, then then was found out. And 
Um, and we, we decided, um, the relationship that I was in, we, um, it, we decided it was, it was no longer good to continue. Um, and that was rough because as much as I knew deep down inside that it was not the right thing, um, that had been five years of a relationship that instantly was ended. Yeah. And I I went through some counseling afterwards, um, and just to be vulnerable, I went through some counseling. And one of the things that um, the lady who was who was counseling me would meet with me every week, and she told me she's like, Josh, this is like losing a loved one. You know, when you have a separation like that, and it's a hard separation. You know, it's not like you're still talking. You know we work with teenagers and it's like they break up, but then like they're still talking and you're like, are they really even broken up? You know? (laughs) And uh, you're trying to figure that out. Um, But this was not like that. Yeah. This was, if I ever tried to reach out, uh, then it was like met with a freak out moment. Like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I did unhealthy things too, to follow that up. So, Mm. Uh, but she said, this is like losing a loved one. This is how traumatic this is. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for you to grieve. It's okay for you to go through those steps of grief. Yeah. Um, but you have to go through the steps. Yeah. And you did you did things to mess this up, and you need to understand that. And that was, yeah. that was a hard part for me to understand. Yeah. Was uh, that I was responsible and and taking on all of that responsibility, I fell in that moment. Yeah. Um. And would it have made the relationship um, better or more healthy if I didn't fall? Uh, probably. I don't know if it would have made it better or meant that it would work out. Mm. Um. Because I just don't think that that was the right thing for us. Yeah. Obviously, uh, because you and I are sitting here together. Yeah. But I, I, I do think, though, that um, uh, when these situations happen in your life, all you can do is pick yourself back up, learn from your mistakes, mm-hmm. and, and, and move on in the grace of God. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, our stories, it's crazy to think, like, some of your lowest moments when you had fallen the farthest— um, even though we didn't know each other, we had no interactions with each other at this point, like didn't even know each other existed. Yeah. They were around the same time frame. Kind of. You were coming into the school that we both were at um, about the same time that all of that was going down in my story. You were just getting there. And yeah. you were you were completely in a different relationship we didn't even know each other yeah you actually became friends with my sister because you were on the same floor as her that's right that's a story for another time yeah it is that's a good story too mm-hmm. um it's crazy though to to this is important to know is that a fall can happen in a moment but most often falls begin with a slippery slope mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily like boom you're down it's more like Oh, this I'm gonna start this way, and then you're you're further down, you're further down, and you're further down, and then there's a moment where you're like, "Wow, look how far I've fallen." Mm. Um, 
And I love the the quote that Serena Williams has about being a champion. She says, a champion is not defined by their wins, but how they recover when they fall. That's so good. And um, you think of a fall like with a little kid. When a little kid falls down and they hurt themselves, there's usually there's usually a pain there's pain there mm-hmm. um there's usually a wound there um and so i think it's appropriate um that you talk about the wounds that come from a fall um in in a season where you've fallen can you can you share a little bit about what you know about proud flesh and how wounds the proper way to heal a wound when you've fallen yeah, so proud flesh. <laughs> yeah, so proud flesh is a. Um, it's like a medical term that um, when you have a deep wound, um, and it happens when that deep wound is covered up too early in the in the healing process, and um, when it's covered up, the flesh under the covering begins to rot. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't able to stay open up enough. Uh, I'm very much paraphrasing this, and I'm not a doctor, so. If, <laughs> but <Darn>. yeah, <laughs> right. so if if I mess up some terminology here, just Google it. Um, <laughs> but if, if the flesh isn't in the wound, isn't um, let to stay open enough, um, and it's covered up right away then it, it begins to rot under the covering. Yeah. And how that translates to us is when we have a wound in our life that happens uh, emotionally um, and we just cover it up just for the sake of keeping, just for the sake of uh, being able to keep going. Yeah. Then eventually if it's not dealt with, that wound is going to cause some rotting on the inside. Yeah. And that's proud flesh. Yeah. And and we don't we don't need that. Like we need sometimes that's why it's important that we talk to people about what we're going through. We we air it out. Like yeah. literally that's what prevents proud flesh is yeah. when you air it out. Yeah. And it's important to do that because if we just keep bo- bottling up our wounds, we're just gonna be in the rot from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so important when this quote, I don't think she realizes how deep it is because it's not about our wins, but how we recover when we fall. The recovery process is so key for our future wins. And if we, like, like you said, if we just try to, in an effort to cover up the hurt, if we try to put a bandaid over it, um, it doesn't allow those deep layers of the wound to heal properly instead just the top layer heals and then underneath of it there's still so much hurt happening you know um proverbs so we can just reckon to say that did you say reckon i did i did i meant nashville indiana let's just i know sorry we can assume that solomon probably wrote this but he says in uh in Proverbs that the righteous or the godly may fall seven times, but they rise again. Yeah. And I I think that's an awesome reminder for us that you are already, it's already assumed that you're going to fall. Yeah. But 
the thing that separates you from others is will you get back up yeah yeah and it's important to know that the whole part of getting back up is dependent on jesus being in your life yeah um because to go on with that quote it says that the wicked man falls one time and is taken out essentially and so if we don't have jesus in our life if jesus isn't present in in our walk then we're going to stay down we're not going to be able to get back up and and that proud flesh isn't going to be able that proud flesh will be a thing Mm. it won't we won't heal properly we won't be able to continue the journey um or if we do get back up but we don't have jesus we've got a deep wound Mm-hmm. that we're not able to properly heal, which affects every other thing in our life. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, falling is a thing that's going to happen. Um, Romans 3.23, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and Paul says, uh, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, yeah. so don't worry when you fall. Yeah. Be focused on getting back up, yeah. but getting back up in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, <clears throat> as it relates to my story, you know, I wasn't following the Lord at that time. So I think there were definitely some proud flesh moments that happened there. Um, and, and I really believe that the reason why I was spared so much um, and able to realize so much later on in life is because I had a grandmother that prayed for me every single day. Yeah. I didn't even know it at the time. Yeah. Um, but she consistently was invading heaven on my behalf. Yeah. And, um, you know, looking back, I see how that helped me to sort of stumble along for a few years before I really realized the need for Jesus in my life Mm -hmm. and really, um, honestly break open that proud flesh and allow Mm -hmm. it to heal the right way. But, I see so many areas where God protected me and I really believe it was, I know it was because of the prayers of my, of my grandma in those seasons of my life when I was ignorant to the ways of the Lord and his grace and mercy for my life. Real talk. You think that we're here sitting right now doing this or we're even together without your grandma and Jesus? No. Absolutely There's not. There's no way. I don't think so either. Um, so... <laughs> by chance you're a grandma out there keep on praying for your kids because i think uh if there's a similarity that both of us share there's not a ton mm. uh <laughs> like of our upbringing and the things that we went through right. in life but um if there's a similarity that we both share my grandma uh she she prayed for me every day she passed away a few years ago and um we in 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 going through her house, we came across like a Rolodex or whatever it is yeah. of of just prayers that she was praying uh, for all of her grandkids and all of her kids, and it was incredible uh, just to see how devoted she was to do that every single day. Yeah, um, and prayer is powerful. Yeah. So the the prayers of of your tribe are what help you recover when you fall. That's right. That's good. That's really good. All right. I think we're good. We've done it. We did it. We did the thing. We did the thing. Okay. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Next week is going to be awesome. So come back. We will have some fire for you. 
Ooh, that's that's like some big expectations. You got this. <laughs> Jesus got it. Jesus got it. <laughs> Hey everyone, we hope that you had enjoyed this episode of Charge the Champion. Make sure to check back weekly for new episodes or just go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when a new episode drops. Until next time, remember, history will be kind to you because by the grace of God, you're gonna write it.